Hello and welcome to the RDX podcast. This is episode 65, which we're recording on Tuesday, June 24th. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And we have a very, very special guest on the podcast today. We have the designer, Hohi Locatelli. How are you, Hohi? Hello. How's everyone? We are doing very well today. How are you? I'm fine. Sorry about my voice. I'm having a bit of a cold, but I'm very happy to be uh, guessing your podcast. Well, oh, we are so happy. Extremely to have you happy here. Yeah, absolutely. Or and there and brought to us by, by the Skype. magic of Skype. Yes, do tell everybody where are you right now? Um, I'm in my living room um in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Very nice. So you're about 3 hours ahead of us, I believe. 4 hours. 4 hours, yeah. okay. So is it evening where you are yet or is it still bright and sunny? Oh, it's bright and sunny. Winters here are probably same as where you are. We still have long days, so it won't get dark until 6 or 7 p.m. Very nice. So we're all having a sunshiny afternoon for our recording, and we're very excited. And we did want to do just some of our regular segments with you. Like, what are you wearing? Are you wearing anything hand-knit today, Hohi? Um, actually, no, but I have a bunch of hand-knits here with me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have been actually wearing all these past few days a blanket that my mom and I knit together because I have been ill, so I've been staying in the couch. And, um, well, it's just the plainest garter stitch blanket. We made it before I need for a job. So I'm happy I got to make myself a blanket before all I could need are sweaters and shawls. Wow. Nice. And you and your mom made it together? Um, yes. Actually, this blanket was made at, at, uh, during a sad time for us. Uh, it, it was uh, 10 years ago when my daddy was ill and we were keeping him company together at the hospital. So we each need a long strand of uh, garter stitch, like a panel of garter stitch, and then we sewed them together. And um, so half of the blanket was made by her and half of the blanket was made by me. Oh, that's very touching. That's a nice, a nice. Actually, besides um, the sad story behind it, it's a very warm memory to have this blanket with me. So it's a happy, it's a happy memory. That's well, I'm, nice. Yeah, I'm very pleased to hear yeah. that. Sorry that you're under the weather, though. That's no fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's no fun, but I'm okay now. Good. Okay. And speaking of your mother, your mother helps you out with some of your knitting, doesn't she? Oh, she does. She's right here with me, actually. And she's knitting a couple of sleeves um, for a change. So I like to call her my sleeve master because whenever a sleeve is easy enough for her to knit, like a tube of of stockinette stitch, Uh it's like giving her candy. It's her favorite thing to knit, and it's my least favorite thing to knit. (laughs) Mine, too. Maybe I can send my sleeves to your mom. (laughs) Just kidding. You are not the first one who has offered. (laughs) I'm not surprised. Well, okay, so, and then what are you wearing, Charlene? I can see what you're wearing. Well, I am wearing a beautiful shawl that actually is one of my favorites, and Hohi, it's one of the ones that you designed. (laughs) It is the Imagine When shawl that I knit, let's see, I knit this back in the fall of 2013. 
out of the fiber company Meadow Yarn, which is the yarn that has a little bit of everything in it. It's got a lot of fibers, but it's a very thin fingering weight. And so even though it's a warm day today, my house never gets warm. My house is always not chilly, but it's always cooler than it is outside. So I just have it over my shoulders just for a little extra layer over my tank top today. And it's so pretty. Yeah. I love I love the yarn paired with the shawl design. Yeah. One of my favorites. I love I love the design of this shawl. This one was so fun to knit. And I love the very slightly asymmetrical shape that it yielded. I think it's fabulous. And I always want to make more, another one of these. I keep saying that. Well, I'm looking forward to knitting both inner piece and your brand new shawl pattern that just came out within the last 24 hours. I believe it's called Mm -hmm. Let Your Heart Unwind. Yes. That's what it's called. Yeah, they both have fun shapes. They do. And actually, I'm, I just, picked yarn for inner piece so i i still haven't got the pattern but i'm going to be knitting that one probably in the next couple of weeks what did you pick um it is oh i'm blanking out on the base that it is but it is a yarn from anzula Mm, it might be it's it's one of the one of their bases that comes in a bigger or a, a lar- yeah, a larger skein, so there's enough yardage in one hink to make the shawl. And are you using elephant? Yes. Elephant. <laughs> it is so beautiful. I was at the yarn shop with her last week, and I had the one called Slate, I think, one called Elephant, and one called Red Shoe all in my hands. And, oh, my gosh, they're just luscious, beautiful yarns. Have you used Anzula yet, Hohi? I haven't, but I do have... Uh... A sweater quantity in my stash. I'm just waiting for the right idea. Great. Very nice. I have not knit with it yet, so I look forward to doing that someday. It does look luscious. I have uh, three skeins of squishy in the colorway teal. And it's amazing. I'm dying to work with that yarn. Yeah. How I'm fun. I'm looking forward to it. And I am wearing my summer festival. I've been chilly all day long today, so I put my summer festival cardigan on by uh, Georgie Hallam, and I've it's just such the perfect weight, and it's a happy color, and it's been one of those days for me, so I needed something happy that would kind of be a hug, a garment <laughs> hug. So that went on this morning, and it's been on ever since, so that's what I'm wearing. What have you been knitting lately, Hohi? Anything new that you can tell us about? Or maybe you want to talk about um, your design? I have been needing quite a few things. Some things I can tell you about and some others I can't. But you will see them all soon. Um, I have been... Um, actually, my mom is living on a journey tomorrow to meet her other um, grandkids who are in Europe. So she said she wanted to need something that would help me with my design work. So I just cast it on a basic... Um, it's going to be a basic raglan pullover with a v-neck and um, some detailing in the sleeves and in the bottom. And I'm using um, some yarn I got from Australia from Skein. It's called Slinky MCN in the quill colorway, which looks just like a pair of faded jeans. Um, So that's what I've been needing because I want to make a, a yoke, <laughs> you know, and, and join the 
the body so that she can take a tube. Oh, uh, yes. Just need the sleeves and the body as, yes. as tubes. So I've been quickly needing that before she <laughs> so that she can take that with her. Nice. And is that a boxy st style of sweater, or is it more fitted, or is there? Any, did you want to tell us anything like that about it? It's actually this was a very quick idea. So it's very basic. It's going to be a bit fitted, but not too much. Just uh, without any ease. I would say not, not negative or positive is it's going to have a slight waist shaping and it's going to be um, my in my head this is like the kind of sweater that you, that you wear for school like a very classic sweater with a v-neck and a very um, flattering neckband and uh, some buttons down the sleeves but something that you can wear with a shirt, like a plaid shirt, or or with a fun uh, T-shirt underneath showing. So um, it's not going to be uh, the kind of designs where I play with shapes like boxy or flared or lot of way shaping. This is going to be a very basic design. But um, since the beginning of the year, I've been thinking that sometimes I... I enjoy making things complicated and sometimes <laughs> I just need to make a basic design which are also welcome. Well, you have that newer basic cardigan. I think you just put up recent photographs of it and I don't think it was quite finished. You just put them up on Ravelry that that looks like the perfect casual simple cardigan. I don't yes. have a name well, for it. Yet. That, that was part of making things simpler. Uh, that's Magnolia. That's another thing I've been working on. That one just needs a button band. And the one you're talking about is a top-down cardigan. Um, and it's it's slightly boxy, but um, not too much. It has a drop shoulder. And it's just simple, but I added garter stitch to the upper torso so that there is a little something but not too much. Um, it ended up being probably my yeah. favorite kind of sweater. The, it uses the same shaping as lipstick. I think one of you needed lipstick. We both yes, did. We both yes. Did. <laughs> um, so it's the same shape, but it uses lighter weight yarn. Oh. And, um, well, actually, I bought that yarn because of you. Uh, from Kim uh, from Western Skynet. Oh, uh, I absolutely adored it. So it was a very good recommendation. I absolutely loved it. And I'm calling it Magnolia because it's worked with uh, her Magnolia base. Right, That's right, her right. Magnolia sock yes. yarn. Isn't that merino cashmere nylon blend? That's merino cashmere nylon. And I'm using the colorway barnwood. Uh, it's a mix of gray and beige and but that sort of neutral color that I really like. I think we saw that yarn. We did. We had <laughs> we actually literally touched that yarn. Kim <laughs> pulled it out and said, Oh, this is for Hohi. One of her friends is gonna come by and get it. And I said, Can I touch it? Because I know it's gonna go to her. <laughs> so we actually literally yes. held that yarn in our we hands. We did get to see it, so we know exactly what yarn you're talking about. Indeed. And just clarify for our listeners. I'm very excited with my yarn. I'm the kind of 
person that goes really excited, touching them and feeling them, and trying to see what they want to become and moving them around the house. And I put them on desks and shelves and the kitchen. So when a yarn really appeals to me, it makes me happy. Yes, I understand that. So do I. Just to repeat, that is the magnolia base from Western Sky Knit. Right, her magnolia sock base. Yeah. Right, in the Barnwood colorway is what Hohe used. And I don't think I have any of that base in my stash right now, but I used it for the laneway Hmm. tunic that I knit from your inspiration collection. It was uh, Vera's design, and I used that in the lagoon colorway for my contrasting stripe and it was very very beautiful i love the way that the merino cashmere nylon blends pick up the dye it's yeah it glows it's just a bit shiny and i just love it and can you also tell us about your newest shawl that you just released yesterday well that's a very happy project for me um i um i heard of this event that's going to happen in just three weeks from now. Uh, probably I should say the date because I don't know when you're going to air this, but and Wine Brighton is a festival happening on July 12th and 13th, and it's organized by a very good friend of mine, Danny, oh. who's the dyer behind Lioness Arts uh, Yarns. Oh, okay. And Danny told me she was organizing the festival almost a year ago, and she invited me to be part of it, but at the moment I couldn't go um, because I had other plans with my family. And so, well, I just spent many months thinking that I would love to be part of it, but I was not able. And she thought of a way um, in which I could be a part of it. So she asked me to design a little pattern that was going to be um, handed to all the attendees with their brochures or programs. Um, So that's how the pattern was conceived. But right after I finished the show, thinking that I couldn't come, our plans for this year changed because the the school decided to do the winter break here in July. A week later, which meant that I had a free weekend to come to Brighton and my husband gifted me um, the tickets to come. So I'm actually going to come to the festival, which is so fabulous. Yeah, that is so exciting. I saw your post on Instagram (laughs) yesterday and I thought, and I was, I I was thinking that, wow, she's just announcing that she's going to be there. That's really close to the day. Yeah. So now (laughs) I understand the story behind that. (laughs) You must be so excited. Yes, yes. Um, So actually the pattern was because I couldn't be there, but I am going to be there. Um, Well, that's how the pattern came came to be. And it's a beautiful shawl um, that just uses a little skein of um, fingering weight yarn. My skein only had 400 yards. I know there are smaller skeins, but most skeins will be enough for this shawl and right. as, as you probably know by now I really enjoy sideways construction for shawls I feel comfortable with that so this one is no exception it's work from tip to tip you increase um, uh, to give it uh, its proper depth 
and it's worked by alternating panels of seed, seed stitch and um, a mesh stitch. And what's different about this one is that the short rows are included in the mesh, mesh stitch. Okay. So it's easy, but it's, you still have to pay attention. <laughs> That's my favorite kind of knitting. <laughs> yes, because I tried the other way around. I tried to, uh, working panels of mesh stitch and triangles of seed stitch. But then the top was all mesh stitch, and I didn't like it. Uh, I thought, I wonder if I can use the short rows here with this stitch pattern. And with a bit of experimenting, I came up with the right uh, stitch pattern for that. So I think it worked quite well. Well, even though I'm, I'm, we haven't talked about what we're knitting yet, you just gave me the perfect segue to ask you. You said with a little experimentation, how is it that you come up with your designs? Yes. What is your inspiration? Because you have such a great variety. There are a lot of designers who I feel they take one pattern style and they just tweak it a lot to make a lot of different patterns. But you have so many very different patterns with very mm -hmm. different styles, very, very different design different. elements. Yeah. Your shawls can be completely different from one another. It's not as if you take a formula and just adapt it. You just have a very great range of designs. And where does your inspiration come from? Thank you first. <laughs> and then, um, I don't know. Sometimes I'm a bit hard on myself because I come up with an idea and I said, no, stop it. You have already made that. So you have to make something different. And uh, sometimes I spend lots of time just trying to imagine how stitches should be worked to achieve what I want to make. I think the one that I probably planned the most was Old Romance, oh. which is a, it's a cardigan with a boxy fit, but it has some lace panels down the sleeves that were worked first. Right. And I wanted it to look as if the lace panels, which were worked in a different color, I wanted it to look as if the lace panels were sewn onto the sweater. I wanted the borders of the panels to stick out from the sweater. So I had to work them first and then just build all the sweater around those tiny lace panels. And it involved a lot of knitting and frogging. Uh, to be honest, but sometimes I just go to sleep and say, if I pick up the stitches here or there and I work this way and I work short rows and, uh, and sometimes I say, no, it's not going to work. Knitters are not going to understand this. But then I write it down as clearly as I can and <laughs> they seem to be able to work from my instructions. So that makes me happy. I think your patterns are ex excellently written and very clear. They're not too verbose. You don't provide too much information to become overwhelming. It's like the perfect balance yeah. of not enough versus I've, too I've much. I've always felt that way, too. Yeah. I usually don't have any problems. So I think I think you found a good balance. But Thank you. The designer and the knitter. Yeah, and I also appreciate that when you do have a lace chart in your patterns. I don't feel like I have to flip to multiple pages of your patterns to try to keep it all straight. That's another thing that 
it's not frustrating for me with other patterns, but it's kind of hard to keep track of sometimes. So I appreciate that about your pattern writing as well, that they're just simple to follow. And if they have multiple elements, they're all in the same place. All on one page. Yeah. yeah. That's good to know. So, so obviously you, you get design ideas in your head that it sounds like you have the same, to a much higher degree, you fall asleep thinking about design <laughs> knitting things. I fall asleep fantasizing about different things <laughs> I want to knit. You know what? I saw a post on Facebook today. Um, it was like a poster that said, I don't need an alarm clock. My ideas wake me up. And oh. that's what happens to me. That doesn't surprise me. thinking of sweaters and shawls and... I do struggle to come up with original ideas to make. Yeah. I I try hard. So are you a sketcher? Do you sketch your designs beforehand? No. No, you don't. You just cast on. You start <laughs> I with on. I uh, I swatch and yeah. cast on and see where it goes. Yeah, because I've I've seen I follow you on Instagram and so I've. I've seen sometimes you'll post swatches and say things like, what will this become? Or you put, you post that about yarn sometimes. And I always think that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I have sketched, uh, uh, if I had to submit a design, okay. I have to sketch right. to get acceptance. Um, but I normally don't. Okay. That's so interesting to me. So basically like I've knit Jenica and to me that was such a innovative design. I mean, you start with a cable and you pick up stitches to work out with this beautiful yoke and then you work down and it, to me, it was so creative and so innovative yet you didn't sketch that. That just kind of <laughs> came from your head. I sketched that because I, I, um, I wanted to submit it somewhere ah. and, and then I didn't. But I had actually sketched, sketched that. So I had to draw arrows with the direction of the knitting and such. But I don't need it for myself. I, I, I don't need my sketches. I know where my stitches need to go to. Wow. To me, that's almost like being an architect. You're a knitting architect. If you can just, if your mind can wrap around that and understand it without having to write it down, that just blows me away. I, I don't have that ability, so... I have to be all the time with a notebook besides, besides me because I have to take note of what I'm making. Most of the times I take, I make decisions when I'm working. Um, when I, I, sometimes I'm so exhausted about with, with writing and pattern writing that I say, okay, I'll just make this plain yoke and I'll decide what to make when I get to the armhole. And well, that's, when I need my notebook to be right besides me, because then I, I decide what stitch pattern I want to use and how I'm going to place it or where. Um, but it's more fun, I think. Do you get any, is there any like specific part of life from which you draw your design ideas like nature or family or travel? I know you love to travel. Are, is there anything or do you just get your ideas from everywhere? Um, well, I used to go out much here, so I used to see what people wore on the street, but um, since I work more, I, I am not going out so much, so I'd say I, 
I fantasize a lot while browsing Pinterest and fashion blogs, and I like to see what the trends are. I like to make sweaters that people will be happy wearing. I like to use colors that um, can go with your clothes. So I'd say inspiration always is from passion. Oh, okay. So that that was actually one of the questions I was going to ask you because with Boxy in particular, Gail and I fell both fell in love with that sweater and that design and wanted to make one. And while we were picking yarn and knitting it and then also seeing what was in the stores, I remember one time Gail and I went shopping together and we saw all kinds of boxy shapes in the store. We both we both ended up buying these boxy T-shirts. I'm wearing were, one right now, <laughs> actually. <laughs> that were very similar in shape to the sweater, and so we were we were talking about this earlier and saying, yeah, oh, he must follow the trends and see what the prediction, yeah. see what's coming down the line, because you were right on target with that sweater yeah for the boxy trend it was <laughs> it was uncanny sometimes i feel that a trend is a little bit too bold for knitters yeah um, yeah like many irregular sweaters i'd love to take a, a try or like try them out and see what it comes um but i feel that it it's too much for for the knitters that actually buy my patterns. Mm-hmm. But I, at that moment, I felt boxy was bold. It was still bold. It was a shape that you were starting to see at the stores, but I don't think knitters were still comfortable with, you know, knitting their own boxy sweaters. And I said, well, someone has to do it because we love to wear these sweaters. We have to make the boxy sweater. And yeah, I, I tried it, and until the moment I published it, I thought people were going to think it was ridiculous, but then it was a success. It is one of the sweaters that Gail and I spot at events in the wild, yep. so to speak, very often. Yes. Mostly because it is, it's it's that shape that you do, we can notice it immediately as the boxy sweater, but I think you're right. It's just one of those shapes that women are comfortable in yes. like to wear it. And it looks good on an amazing variety right. of women's bodies, you know, different, different it's shapes. It's the kind of sweater I always want to wear. So that's yeah. why I keep um, every once in a while I come up with a variation because actually that's the kind of sweater I enjoy the most. I feel comfortable, I feel trendy and pretty, and um, I don't think it looks like a sack of potatoes. Right. I think it <laughs> yeah. very well. And so. it was really controversial. I remember yes. so many people asking me or saying to me, oh, that would look horrible on me. And I saw it first on our friend Stephanie at Stitches in 2013 because I was even on the fence about it. And I saw it on her and I thought, wow, that is strikingly attractive. And of course, since then, I've knit two for myself, and I know that I'll <laughs> knit more. So I think you're – I applaud you that you were – that you published that pattern knowing that it was a bold move, and yet, like you said, you were so successful, and there have been so many 
different varieties of the same type of sweater since you published Boxy. Mm -hmm. So obviously it was something that was much needed. Because it's not... um, It's not an original shape. It was probably one of the first ones published, but it's a shape that you see at the stores. So, you know, it's what you like to wear. It's like the first raglan sleeve pattern, and then there were millions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it's not like it was an original shape. Obviously, I had my inspiration from what I saw at the stores. Mm -hmm. But speaking of... um, Bold move. One of the things that uh, annoyed me at the time when I published Boxy is that people weren't used to seeing that kind of sweater on Ravelry pages yet. And I got back then a few comments criticizing that I had sized the sweater for plus size girls because it came with instruction for people up to, I think it goes up to uh, 54 bust. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got comments saying like, why do you size this for such big girls? They will look horrible in this. And I couldn't disagree more. I think it's great if for big girls, small girls, tall or short. It's just a trend and it looks good if you know how to accessorize it, if you know um what are the clothes to wear them with? So yeah, exactly. That's I'm happy that I went on with that idea. It yes. makes me really happy. Yeah, that is one of our our one of our knit along lessons that we hope people will take away from our colors of fall knit along. That you can bring in one trendy piece, whether it be a trendy style or a contemporary color and update a whole look that maybe you've been wearing this pair of jeans for two years, or but you can bring in something new and kind of update your wardrobe a little bit, feel good, feel freshened up, that sort of thing. Because we, I, I personally need to learn to do that more. Yeah, so, so do I. <laughs> and I think you made a good point about how it looks good on everybody. And not only does it look good on everybody, but it is so incredibly comfortable. Yeah. I mean, it's an all-around win for a woman's wardrobe. Yes. Okay, so we asked you about sketching and swatching, and I was wondering, how do you pick your yarns? How do you, you know, what is the connection between yarn and pattern for you? Is it just something that speaks to you, or can you share that? Um. As I told you about, I am crazy about yarn. (laughs) I spend a horrible amount of time looking at yarns and um, I loathe uh, dyers. I live for them. And, um, well, I usually choose yarn and then the yarn decides what pattern she wants to become. Oh, okay. So you you stash yarn and then come up with designs for what you have. I would say only, I would say that's what happens 90% of the times. There were some times when I had an idea and I went looking for the perfect yarn for that, but mm-hmm. that only happened like a couple of times. Mm-hmm. So I'm a stasher. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> um, 
Um, and it, what makes it more complicated is that uh, I, I believe I have posted about this many times, but uh, as of this year, Argentina has decided that we cannot order any parcels by mail. So I cannot buy yarn and receive it at home. Really? <laughs> really. Um, which makes my work quite hard. And uh, that also means that whenever I get out of the country or whenever someone comes home, I get to buy a lot of yarn just in case. I never can buy yarn again. So well, my gosh. In your profession, I would say it's just responsible to do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Justification. That's why I tell my husband. <laughs> and so, yes, I like to play with the yarn. And as I told you, have it sitting there and trying to think of what it wants to become. And it usually is the yarn that becomes a design. Okay, so that's, I think I'm probably 50-50 on the yarn tells me what it wants to be versus I find a pattern I just have to knit and then goes, you know, the yarn goes flying out of the closet as I <laughs> dig through trying to find the right yarn for it. It's a fun combination. Yeah, it is. Because whoever regrets having a reason to go rooting through their stash, right. I mean, it's a fun <laughs> thing to do. It is, it is. Now, I asked you earlier about your mom and how she's involved with your knitting. And if I remember correctly, your brother is involved with your knitting, isn't he? Um, my brother, um, I don't think he's involved with my knitting. He's just a very nosy brother. Oh, <laughs> I thought that he helped you with the math and the knitting or something. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying not to give credit to my brother. <laughs> happened uh, a couple of times actually so I will apologize with him later um, that happened twice the first time happened with um, echoes of color and um, I knew what I wanted to make it was a triangular shawl um, that was worked in garter stitch stripes and as I increased on one side, I decreased stitches on the other side. So my dilemma was that I needed to cast on, on one of those sides, enough stitches to make the longest side of the shawl long enough to wrap myself in it. Oh. And I just couldn't figure out how many stitches to cast on. So I said, oh, this is driving me nuts. I, I should you know, find a formula. And I said, well, my brother is the formula guy, so I will call him and let him know what my numbers are, and maybe he can come up with um, a formula for this. And I, it just took a text message. I told him, this is what I needed to do, and he came back to me with something like, X equals A plus B <laughs> minus two, and uh, it worked. And the shawl had the exact size it needed to have. It was incredible. So wow. the next shawl, I the next concept for a shawl that I came up with, which was Imagine When, was a series of triangles. And um, 
The biggest size of one triangle determines the smallest size of the next following triangle. So I said, if he could come up with a formula for just one triangle, maybe he can help me with a series of triangles. And I told him, well, the largest sign needs to have this amount of stitches. And he told me how many stitches I need to work, and it worked perfectly. So, yes, he did help me. That is neat. I think, one, it's fascinating that your family is involved with your knitting so much. I think that's just the coolest thing. And, two, yay for people with math skills, because (laughs) I would have to ask my husband to help me with those things. I wouldn't be able to do it. Gig brother is just what any family needs. <laughs> I think it's neat. Well, they're supporting your career, and it just keeps you closer. I think it's so, so neat. I'll, yeah. The only support I get from my family with my knitting is, wow, Mommy, that's pretty. And I love that. I mean, I appreciate that a lot. But, you know, I have to cajole them into being my models for pictures and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. One of my sons is a pretty interested photographer when he comes when he he's the one who photographs my knits in fact my when I test knit lipstick for you my that yeah. my 11 year old took those finished object photos for me <laughs> those photographs were amazing well all of your photos are oh, that's funny because Josie who I think at the time was 13 took the pictures of my neon on the beach when I test knit oh. it Remember those two? <laughs> and that was funny. I was on the beach in January, in a, barefoot in a skirt, January on the beach. It was just ridiculous. <laughs> it should have been cold, but great for the pictures. Yeah, definitely. So what – now we're going to shift gears here a little bit. So we're doing the Colors of Fall Pantone Knit Along again in our Ravelry group, and we're wondering if you have any colors, different colors that you're looking at for fall. Um, well, I'm not following Pantone this right. year. That's, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Should. <laughs> but, um, this year I went to New York, um, uh, with my mom and I just saw so much blue there. Everything was in shades of blue and denim and whites and neutrals. So I am very drawn towards that palette this fall. Neutrals. Navy blue, denim blue, um, which m- might not be exactly what I have been needing only, but that's all I think about. Blue garments, lots of blue. Huh? What, uh, what are the Pantone colors for this year now? You tell me. Well, there are two blues in there the are. palette. So if you saw lots of blues, it's probably was probably a preview of what is coming into the stores for fall, which will probably be arriving in the stores in the middle of July. <laughs> right. <laughs> but we expect to see lots of blues. Well, I love blue. So, and yay, tone. Yeah. When you said just now uh, neutrals and whites and blues, I instantly in my head got the idea of something striped, especially nautically striped. Is there any striped something coming out in your future? I'm working on a striped shawl um, that uh, I still can't tell you much about, but it's striped and it's in blue. And (laughs) it's, um, 
it's a collaboration. That's why I can tell a lot. Oh, how exciting! <laughs> no, um, and I'm using a beautiful navy blue paired with an aqua color. Oh, <laughs> well, we will look forward to seeing that one. Yeah, and it's making me really happy. How exciting! But, yeah, that in my head, it's like a like a sailor kind of. Yeah. Style. Yeah, nautical inspired. Yeah, that's what yes. that's what popped into my head exactly. Yeah. Oh, how exciting! So. Any new, well, I can't ask you questions that might reveal your designs. That gives me something to look forward to, so I can't try to sneak. <laughs> you, you can sneak a bit. Well, I'm actually wondering. You if know what? Let me tell you something. I don't like to work on secret projects. I don't like it. Yeah. Sometimes you cannot help it, but I love to post about what I'm making. Just know that when something is secret, it's against my will. No, 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 that's good to know because here I've always thought you had superior self-control because you weren't giving away your projects, whereas I have no self-control and I can't, I can't cast something on without telling the world. So right. I'm surprised to hear that you don't like keeping your project secret. I thought as a designer you almost had to have that self-control. No, I mean, what's the point of keeping them secret, right? It's like... Um, I believe some some people do it because they are afraid someone will steal their ideas. Yeah. But, you know, that needs to happen really quick because you are already working on the idea. Yeah. And, um, and I always think that you have to look forward, right? You have to have your own inspiration and your own um, creativity. So if you want to share it in the process, in the way... It's, it's just part of the game. It's, yeah. it's fun. But w sometimes when I'm working with a yarn company or for a collection or for a publication uh, or with another designer, that means that we need to keep things under the sheets so that we can surprise our knitters. Yeah. Because it's something that we hadn't uh, talked about before, like what happened with uh, my collaboration with Vera. Of course, we were both really excited and we wanted to share it, but we thought no one was expecting us to work together, and that's why we kept it a secret. And you were right. Yes. <laughs> I, I was going to say, actually, we were going to try to bring it back around to talking about the Inspirations collaboration because that was just huge. Gail and I when we first saw those patterns, I, I think we are when we were we were texting back and forth as we were looking at them, and I think we were both audibly just gasping. We were absolutely. <laughs> I was like, "Did you see this one?" I mean, you could yeah. almost hear the excitement through the text. It was like, yeah. you know, you <laughs> this, our our fingers were smoking as we were trying to text fast enough back and forth because. We were just the same as you. We were, we were just as excited as everyone else. It was huge for us, too. Yeah. And that's so neat to hear that not only you enjoyed working together, but just that you inspired each other. That's I love hearing the stories like that. Now, can you tell us a little bit about how did you start? How did, how did it come about? Um, Vera has always been one of my knitting idols from Ravelry since forever. 
and I uh, followed her there and we had exchanged a couple of emails very briefly about our projects and designs, but um, nothing too long until one day um, I was, it was February last year here and it was very cold. It was one of, uh, sorry, not cold, very hot in Buenos Aires, one of the hottest days. And um, Vera posted a photograph of one of her kids in the snow, very, very, very cold, very white and very wintry. And um, I felt that we lived in such different worlds. She was living in the cold north and I was living in the very hot south. <laughs> and for some reason, I felt that um, I I could share that with her. I could let her know how different things were here. But in a way, we were both designing for the same people and doing the same kind of work. So I felt very identified with her. So um, she got back to me really nicely and we started talking and we... We shared experiences about our countries and um, our cultures, our customs, and we became friends. And uh, one day we said it would be great if we could work together on a collaboration or, or, or of some sort. I, I remember we, we never fixed anything. We never said... Um, yes, we should do this kind of publication or this kind of project. Everything just came to be what interpretation was on itself. We said, um, yes, we should work on a few projects. And she said, do you think 12 is okay? And I said, yes, I think 12 is perfect, but everything just was smooth and all the time we were talking about how um, stressful deadlines were and how we didn't like to, you know, um, have pressure in our work. So interpretations was always stress-free. We would be done when we were done. We would publish when things were finished. And um, I think that's why we enjoyed it so much because it was a big project for both of us, mm -hmm. but we didn't have any commitments with anyone. There were no publishers involved, no yarn companies. Everything was about us working together. So it was great. Gosh, that sounds idyllic. Yes, it yes. does. <laughs> because I was going to ask you, that reminded me of another question I forgot to write down. Do you ever get to knit for fun, or is it always around your design work? I, I regret to say that it's always about my design work. Uh, so then at least it sounds like interpretations, which I apologize. I was calling inspirations in my head. It's so inspiring to me that I've renamed it inspirations in my head. <laughs> I apologize for that. Interpretations. It sounds like that at least was more carefree knitting than some of the more pressure design knitting must be. Well, it... Mm. There's pressure anyway, but <laughs> I don't think either Vera or or I were with a lot of pressure as other designers do, because we mostly self-publish our mm. 
So the pressure is there because you want your ideas to be successful. You want your patterns to be well received, obviously. And um, you want people to like them and to be able to work from them. So you're always worrying whether what you're making is going to be great or not. So there is pressure, of course. Right, but you're just not following a publication schedule. (laughs) Yeah, you have the pressure of a perfectionist who cares about what she does. Yes. (laughs) Which is something I can appreciate and understand versus like deadlines that are that are pressured upon you by an outside source. Yeah. I think most designers are perfectionists and some of us need to work on deadlines all the time. So I think I am very lucky to be able to, you know, do what I do by self-publishing only. I think I'm very lucky. And very successful, I hope, because your designs are fantastic. Do you have one or two favorite designs of all that oh, you've good done? good question. <laughs> of, of patterns of, my, of mine? Uh-huh. Yeah, are there any of your garments that you find yourself wearing again and again? I wear my worsted boxy a lot because I gave my boxy away. <laughs> oh, that was generous of you. <laughs> and I also really like my echoes of color, um, my striped shawl. I, I wear it. This, I wear it all the time in winter. That is one of your projects that's high up in my queue right now because I saw it in actually Kim and Heather's Western Sky Knits booth. They had a sample knit up, which coincidentally was in two blues and a gray. Mm -hmm. And it was one of the several patterns that I walked away from stitches thinking, I have to knit that shawl. Mm -hmm. And I have three beautiful colors of Tosh Merino Light already in the bag, patterns already printed, just waiting to be cast on because it's, I just love it. The, the stripes. And now that I know that your brother helped you with the formula for how many <laughs> stitches to cast on. And I love the little bobbles on the one side. It's mm-hmm. just, it's a beautiful, beautiful shawl. So Thank now you. that I, now that I know it's one of your favorites, it's even that more inspiring. For me, isn't it? <laughs> now, and what about garment style. So as I mentioned earlier, you have such a wide breadth of different styles in garments that you knit. Is there like a new territory that you might be exploring that you want to share or anything like that? No, um, I'm not thinking of anything new right now, but I am thinking of at some point start um using a model for my photographs because many times I'm very biased uh, with what I designed because I want to wear what I make and some shapes are not good for my body type, Mm -hmm. uh, which is not bad, but I'm just a very, um, I have a very strong pear shape, like my bottoms are way bigger than my upper torso. So I tend to design things that I feel comfortable with. And sometimes I think that if I, if I used a model for my photographs and I designed for her, then I would dare make more fitted stuff or things that are not that, that are not always that boxy or flared. 
you know. Um, yeah. So that's what I have been thinking about lately. And also because I'm tired of doing my makeup for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's a very interesting idea and I can totally agree with you about the makeup. It's yeah, I do anything to avoid putting on makeup. But that's an interesting thought. I would if I was a designer, I think I would be the same way in terms of designing what I thought would look good on me and I have a pear shape as well. So I can see what you mean about if you had a model with a different body style, it might make you think differently. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. And I do have to ask too, if there's another boxy type sweater in your future, because I would love to knit another one. Yes. I am thinking of casting on as soon as I get a few projects done, I've been thinking of making a, a worth it version but using some um, patterning like a lace band or or some sort of detailing in the body and I already have the perfect yarn for it so it's just waiting for me to finish a few projects Ooh, that's yeah. exciting I, <laughs> and I love it when you pair lace with other things like when the old old, old romance. romance was very pretty and thoughts Carol, CDN Carol, just posted her finished object pictures of her Thoughts sweater, and it's beautiful because I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I haven't read the pattern recently, but there are the eyelet increase details in the top of the sweater. Are they also in the bottom, or was that a modification that Carol did? Um, no, the eyelets go all down the sweater. Okay, so that was are just between them, between the eyelids. Okay, so I was just admiring that they were so easy to see with this beautiful maroon burgundy yarn that she used, and they just looked so beautiful. I can't wait to cast that sweater on. Mm -hmm. She used a beautiful yarn. Yeah, indeed. that's another Western Sky Knits yarn. That's one of their lace weight yarns. Yeah. Yep, very pretty. Well, we want to thank you very much, Hohi. We know that we're taking up your evening, and we didn't want to keep you too long. But well, thank you. Sure. I've been, you know, I listen to you as often as I can. So for me, it's a real, real honor that you're having me as a Aww. guest. Very special. The smile on my face right now is enormous. I know. <laughs> you know, we. I went through, and I. I've knit a lot of your patterns. So have I. <laughs> I think I've knit more of your patterns than any other two designers combined. That's what I was going to say. I think, yeah, between Gail and I, we have knit so many. So it, we feel the same way. We're really thrilled that you were able to join us today. And this actually has been somewhat in – we've been talking about – inviting you onto the podcast since we started the podcast. Yes. So for us, this is a culmination of a discussion that we started many, many years ago. So we're really happy to have you here today. And we really hope that sometime we will be able to meet you in person. I guarantee someday I will manage to be where you are <laughs> to meet you. When I saw that you were going to Unwind Brighton, I literally looked at the calendar and thought, is there any way I could do that? But it's just, I can't. <laughs> So 
Yes, we will meet someday. I'm sure of that. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, and again, the cards. thank you so much. It's been a great pleasure and honor to speak with you. And good luck with your awesome designs. We can't wait to see what else you have next. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you guys a lot. And well, just wishing you all the best. And listening to your podcast for me is a big, big pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, you Hohi. We appreciate it. <laughs> Happy knitting. Happy knitting. Bye. Bye-bye. You can find us on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a growing Ravelry group, and you can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs. Goodbye and good knits.